0: I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World, a co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. I'd like to introduce you now to two former Marines who served in Iraq— Jacqueline Kevney later and Don later were both intelligence analysts. She was deployed in 2005, he in 2005, and again in 2007. They're also married and they're movie buffs, even attending midnight premieres of hotly anticipated blockbusters. Now that's important to this story because last July 19th Jacqueline and Don went to see the midnight showing of The Dark Knight Rises at a multiplex near their home in Aurora, Colorado. Yes, that showing. 20 minutes of the movie, a man began shooting into the audience, killing 12 people and injuring many more. Jacqueline Kevney, later and Don later join us now from Denver. Uh, it's been just over a month since the shootings. How are you both doing? <laughs>
1: um, all right, but at the same time, it's still difficult dealing with the after effects, the side effects of the stress that was caused by that night. Uh, let, let's go back to that night and give us your take on on the
0: events. The alleged shooter, this 24-year-old man, entered the dark theater through a tear gas
1: canister and opened fire. What did you do then? What happened? Because of both Jacqueline and mine's military training, um, as soon as the canister went over our heads, we recognized it for what it was, the, the tear gas, as you said. Um, yeah. We just immediately started to hit the floor.
2: Yeah, it it has a, tear gas has a very distinctive smell. You never forget it. It I mean, as soon as he he threw the canister, we realized something was really wrong.
0: Now, after the shooting, you both immediately sought counseling. Uh, Tell us what was going through your minds and why you went straight in that direction. Uh,
1: We went in that direction because from our experience of going to Iraq and having received indirect fire, we knew it was something that... PTSD doesn't just relate to overseas
2: yeah the longer you wait to talk to somebody the harder it gets and you know with three deployments between the two of us we've had that happen you know I'd we, we looked at each other and we said we can deal with this now or we can deal with this five years from now
1: no right and yeah go ahead uh, just to finish the thought up, like I said at the beginning of our conversation, you know, we're, we're dealing with the side effects. If we hadn't gone to scene therapy, we might not be able to recognize those triggers and it might be tearing us further apart than us. one of us being able to snap out of it and say, hey, there's something deeper going on here other than just, oh, you didn't take out the trash.
0: And, and you have a child too, so there's a, kind of a, a greater impulse to go see somebody about what to do next. Uh, your, your, oh, counselor, your, your counselor your yeah. counselor actually advised you to go back and see the movie, The Dark Knight Rises, and, and you did.
2: Yeah, we had the idea, and she definitely encouraged us um, to go back and see it. And it wasn't easy at, at all, but we knew we had to do it as soon as we could. And we went back on uh, Saturday uh, to another Aurora theater to finish the movie with friends of ours. And um, yeah.
0: Now, aside from knowing what to do with situations of PTSD, how much did your military training and your experiences in Iraq prepare you for what happened that night in, in the theater in Aurora and afterwards? I mean, the situations are so different
2: uh, they are, and I will say one thing, um, your muscle memory kicks in. It's this very eerie feeling of calm and time slows down. And um, You know, I, I, I knew my husband would get us out of there. He's an excellent leader.
1: Like Jacqueline said, th- there is this kind of calm that washes over you, and it's really surreal. I remember during the actual shooting, one of my first conscious thoughts um, after I had covered... Jacqueline using my body, as like, man, taking a bullet's going to suck. <laughs> mm. But the training of assessing the situation kicks back in. Okay, what's better to try to engage a target or go for an exit? And I really credit the Marine Corps' training for helping me get my wife and my friends out that were with me there that night out alive. I mean, one expects
0: ambushes in a theater of war. Had you yeah. ever imagined anything like this happening to oh. you at home here in the U.S.? Oh, much less absolutely a movie? absolutely
2: not. And... When you are in Iraq, you expect it, but you're also constantly prepared. You have a weapon, you have body armor on. It's not a surprise.
1: Right, and as I'm th- pretty sure you might be aware of, uh, we did an article for the Daily Beast. And, of course, there's tons of replies from people. And one of the ones that really sticks out to both of us is, oh, well, you didn't stay and stop them. You didn't tackle them. You didn't pull out your concealed carry. You're showing uh, disgrace to the service and everything. That that got... sounds like kind of an outlier comment, by the way, just to put uh, – There's actually oh, yeah. quite
2: a few of them. There really? is, but yeah. Yeah, we – yeah. I mean, we've gotten a lot of support, but we've also gotten a lot of people saying, well, you know, somebody had a gun. It could have stopped them. And it's not that simple. Right.
0: You know, since uh, the shootings in the theater in Aurora, there have been uh, a couple more shootings uh, since then, the Sikh temple tragedy, and last week Mm -hmm. in New York City, to name just two. What goes Mm -hmm. through your minds when you hear about these acts of
1: violence? Jacqueline asked me the other day, she's like, is this just a sweep of violence that's just happening to blow up? Or is this something we actually just, has been going on all the time, we really just didn't notice it before and we're more sensitive to it? And I really don't have a good answer for her.
2: No, and and I agree. I'll take the tack with the fact that these are random acts. Gun control, no gun control, it doesn't matter. If people want to be violent, they will find a way. If they can't get a gun... They'll get a bomb. If they can't use a bomb, they'll, you know, use rocks.
1: <laughs> Sharp, pointy sticks. I mean, whatever it is that they can get, they'll do what they want to do. Yeah.
0: Well, let, so, let me uh, let me just push you a little bit on that because, I mean, mm-hmm. the United States is the most armed nation in the world with about four and a half million guns sold here each year. Iraq, uh, according to a recent survey, was actually in fourth place. Uh, but there <laughs> is, a, 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 you know, there was a war. The U.S. is not at war. After Iraq, does it feel like there are a lot of guns in the U.S.? I mean, do you know people with guns?
2: Oh, we've owned
0: guns. Do you own guns um, now? No, not right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we I, I've owned a shotgun, a shotgun for home defense. You know, I believe in the right to own weapons. But it's a very difficult issue to take on with sensitivity to the people that have been hurt. Um in these acts of violence. I mean, it's, it's ignorant to make sweeping generalizations about it saying, oh, we'll get rid of all the guns and there will be no violence because that is an incorrect assumption. Um, I believe that smart gun controls need to be taken, um, like limiting magazine size, but I'm not sure that would have stopped any of this
0: Uh, either. What, if anything, would you want people to learn from, uh, these tragedies, the the one in Aurora specifically?
2: (sighs) First of all, and the reason my husband and I are speaking to the media at all um, is that most people are good people, and I don't want to live my life in fear.
1: The The second issue of that is, and the reason we're being so open about our experiences with mental health, is while the opportunity is there for the victims and families to partake in the services that are being offered is to partake in those services. Like Jacqueline said earlier, it's better to deal with it now than to deal with it five years down the road. The last thing that Jacqueline and I want to see is somebody who has problems dealing with the emotions and ending up hurting themselves or others. We don't want to see any more casualties come from this situation.
0: Do you allow yourselves to think about the fact that you beat death in both Iraq and that movie theater?
2: that's a special kind of survivor's guilt Uh, yeah that's never gonna go away um i really object to the fact that some people are saying well you know i'm here because god singled me out and i'm special And, and no it's luck it's training it's random um war is not exactly a random act of violence it makes it easier When you know your fellow marine has died for a cause has died for something it's not senseless And I think that's why my husband and I feel like we have to talk about what happened to us because we don't want Those deaths and injuries to be senseless. I feel compelled to have it mean something.
1: Yeah, almost a a call to action um Having worked with one of the people that passed during the aurora incident Knowing he was also a a fellow service member. Mm. I don't think he would have been chill with the idea of me just resting on my laurels after this incident. Yeah,
2: going, Phew, glad I got out of there, and now I do nothing. We have to get some positivity out of this.
0: Iraq War veterans Jacqueline Kievney later and her husband Don later. The couple survived the July 19th shooting at the Century 16 Cinema in Aurora, Colorado. Jacqueline and Don, thank you very much for sharing your stories and thoughts with us. Thank you. Thank you.